Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. And in the world of news, strange news, and paranormal news, we have archaeologists finding the world's oldest rune stone. The carvings are apparently over 2,000 years old, possibly making them one of the first attempts to use runes in Norway and Scandinavia on a stone. According to Christel Zilmer, professor at the University of Oslo. Now, this is amazing because this just keeps basically writing in the history books the attempts to communicate and tell stories. Obviously, we keep finding things every week. You know, every week I'm looking to give you guys news and we're finding some archaeological feats that are adding to history and some things are actually rewriting history. So if you are a fan of runes, um, things that are in the Celtic nature, the Viking nature, um, you can go on to IGN um, on Facebook or go on to Instagram and find them at IGNDOTCOM, which is their Instagram thread. And on Facebook, it's just IGN. If you are a fan of Power Rangers and you are a fan of nostalgia, I personally grew up during the 90s. Power Rangers was pretty much any of my friends' favorite things, including myself. Netflix is doing a special in April with some of the original cast, the OG Power Rangers, coming back to film a 30th anniversary episode for the Power Rangers. And it's going to hit home because we know that we just lost uh, Jason David Frank, who played Tommy, uh, Tommy Oliver, the Green Ranger. I don't know if they filmed this prior to his passing um, or they decided to do this now and contribute or do a, a, like a memory in memory of, of Jason David Frank, but it's going to hit the nostalgia feels because Power Rangers is something that I grew up with. And as we grow older, we look back into things in the past that we once watched and loved and Power Rangers was 100% something that I liked and seeing it go back on the, on the big screen or on the TV is going to be really, really good. So if you are a fan of Power Rangers and you have Netflix, look at that. It's coming out in April and uh, it's going to be you know, a nostalgia hit for everybody. And a report for a trailer that's coming out on, I believe, Netflix and it's called On the Trail of Bigfoot Last Frontier. You are interested in Bigfoot, one of the most iconic cryptids in the world. You can look forward to seeing it. I believe it's going to air on Netflix. So you can just go on YouTube and type in Trail of Bigfoot, Last Frontier. And it's going to show you the trailer to this new cryptid documentary. And, you know, I love cryptids. I love watching stuff on TV. Some of the stuff I have refrained from watching because it's essentially the same thing over and over again and even though i love paranormal i love cryptids and things like that i can't find myself to watch shows i once watched the only show that i will watch when a new season drops is paranormal caught on camera because it's pretty much a mix of everything video clips it's not zach bagans and his crew going to a place and doing the same thing over and over again it's not ghost hunters it's not uh, Ghost Brothers, it's not Destination Fear, it's the same thing. These shows figure out ways to make the show unique and basically air the same thing. So I actually find myself not watching the shows I once watched. I remember when Ghost Hunters came out and Ghost Adventures came out, I was hooked because it was something new and I had only seen it prior on MTV. 
um, I think it was called most scariest places where they had regular people hooked up to cameras going through places. So back then it had intrigued me now, not so much cause it's, it really is the same thing over and over again. Um, so if you are going to watch that, the chances are you're going to be seeing the same Bigfoot stuff that we've seen on other documentaries and other shows, unfortunately. But if you're really into it and that intrigues you, that will be coming out. Now, to get into this episode, it's an episode that is completely paranormal-free. There is going to be no UFO talk, no ghost talk. It is about something that I wanted to talk about for quite some time. And in order to do this episode, I did a lot of research, you know, a couple days worth, and um, went to a special guest that I will have on later in the episode. And it's about the conspiracy of the government keeping us sick via food and drinks. Now, we've seen a lot of things been going on in the last few months, sudden deaths, heart attacks, strokes, so on and so forth. We'll get into that maybe a little bit later on. But a lot of the stuff prior is we have health issues in the United States. And a large amount of it is because of the food and drinks that we have very available all around any block you walk on. If you're in the city, there are places selling these things, including supermarkets, Walmarts, Targets, so on and so forth. The United States is notorious for having an obesity problem. In the USA, in the nation, 41.9% of adults are obese. If I have that number correct, if you could feel free to uh, fact check me. Um, in that demograph, blacks, black adults, have the highest level at 49.9% of obesity. Hispanics at 456 and I believe the whites at 41, 41.4%. And I, those are the three figures that stand out at large percentages. Um, other nationalities are a little lower than that. Now, obesity is a big problem. And in that, that I told you guys with the um, black nation, uh, nationality and ethnicity having the highest, there is a eyebrow-raising scenario that comes from that percentage. And that's the sole fact, and I can tell you from experience, of in areas that are have more of a minority, there are more unhealthy options available in those areas. And it's something that's been spoken about years ago, that why are the unhealthy food choice, why is the unhealthy food choice so readily, uh, readily available in those areas? You, and I'll tell you from experience, I'll get into this. So before I got my promotion at my old job, at my job, in my old department, if you were lucky enough to take the trip out of work where we had to go to a certain area to dispose of materials, You'd have to drive through areas of the South Bronx to get to this particular area we had to go. When you get to certain avenues, there is McDonald's, Krispy Kremes, bodegas, pizza chains. You know, not mom and pop pizza shops, like legit pizza chains like Papa John's, um, Domino's, 
there during that trip to go to our location for work, there was fast food places all over the place. And bodegas that sell off-brand things, name-brand things, all of which are not exactly the healthiest items. And you literally see nothing but fast food places all throughout the area, which is predominantly a minority area and is unfortunately poverty-stricken. You know, areas of the South Bronx are not exactly inhabited by the wealthy unless you get to the waterfronts that overlook Manhattan and Harlem that are kind of on the rise of building these elaborate buildings and the rent being pretty up there. But I digress with that. The area has these areas with minorities are filled with fast food chains and it's just so readily available and very, very cheap to purchase a meal that can literally feed yourself and maybe two and a half other people. Like you can go to McDonald's and there is a dollar menu. Now it's not a dollar menu technically anymore with tax. It really comes out to like $2, $3, but you can literally buy a really big meal for cheap. When healthier food is more expensive. Now, going back to the areas of poverty. Areas of poverty and minorities have less healthy options and more... I'm sorry. Areas of uh, poverty with minorities have less healthy options as opposed to the areas of more rich and less poverty-stricken areas have the options of more healthy now, if you go to this article on news.yale.edu, this is where I got this study from. There is a study conducted by scientists at Rudd Center for Food Policy Obesity, and they compared the availability in healthy food and pricing in low-income area of New Haven CT. And I believe this, this study was conducted somewhere between 2015 and 2017. They showed healthier options were more limited, like skim milk and whole wheat bread, fruits and vegetables, in areas of New Haven, Connecticut, and in other areas where the wealthier were inhabited or inhabited the area, there was more healthy options. So this was a study done by, again, Rudd Center for the Food, Pol uh, Food Policy and Obesity, if I have that written down correctly. Conducted by scientists, they went to an area in Connecticut. New Haven is a pretty rough area. It's, you know, mainly low-income families, area um, families that are less fortunate. And within the area, these scientists went in, kind of similar to what I just said about the South Bronx, and they were literally looking for the healthy options. They went into supermarkets, which... You know, let's just name some supermarkets like uh, Stop and Shop, ShopRite. Went into food supermarkets in those areas with the less fortunate. And in the supermarket, there was healthy items that were missing from the shelves. Um, people agree to disagree with milk being healthy now. But there was no whole wheat bread. There was no skim milk. There was no um, brown rice. There was no healthier options for these people that go there shopping. And when they went away from 
New Haven CT to, let's just say, um, Stamford or other areas in New Haven that were um, more fortunate, they found those options in the supermarket. Almost like they purposely did that. And it's a little eyebrow-raising, as I say, why certain areas are limited to the healthy stuff and have more of abundance of the unhealthy stuff. So these areas have no healthy stuff or limit, very limited, and then just have abundance of unhealthy stuff. And like I said, and I'm speaking from experience with my current job that before I got the promotion, going on these trips for work to, to a certain area, seeing the South Bronx and the options of food that are there. Matter of fact, I can freely talk about this. My old, I had an old job where I worked in a hospital and part of my job was to be on the road and deliver to clinics that were inside public schools in New York City. And I was always on the road and I was always going through the South Bronx, not just my old, my current job now um, before the promotion, but I was on the road all day and I had to go into the South Bronx all the time. Now, at that time when I worked in the hospital, um, I was very healthy. Like I would literally watch everything I eat. I eat. And if I had no choice to, you know, I couldn't really venture to another side of the Bronx to get healthier options for lunch. I was kind of limited to being in the South Bronx and trying to find a place if I didn't have food on me to eat. And to be honest with you, it wasn't a lot of healthy options. Um, if any, there was um, mom and pop um, Spanish restaurants and I would try to go just get a, you know, a cup of rice with some beans and rotisserie chicken or grilled chicken. The options were very, very limited. Now you go into areas of Manhattan, um, the village or um, you know Madison Avenue, um, you see the abundance of healthy places to eat elaborate restaurants using like the most you know finest meats and vegetables there's these healthy places that are that are around that you can go get uh jamba juices you don't see jamba juices in the south bronx you know there's jamba juices there's these juice places that they you make these wheatgrass drinks and all that and you go into these areas um for the less fortunate or poverty-stricken areas and there isn't anything like that that's accessible for the people living there it's 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 in, insane to be honest with you. Um, now we get into the items that are in these areas, and not just these areas, everywhere that are extremely unhealthy. And these particular items are not even sold overseas. Places in Europe will not sell things that we sell here in the United States overseas. So think about that. We're selling products here that are consumable to everybody, not just even the less fortunate, to everybody. And overseas, in Europe, in the UK, in Italy, in um, Japan, even in China, some of these items are forbidden. So we start off with Mountain Dew. Right, Mountain Dew, we've heard for years, is the worst, the worst soda to drink. Okay, Mountain Dew has brominated vegetable oil, B-U-B, 
According to Mayo Clinic, the ingredients can cause skin irritation, memory loss, and headaches. And it is loaded, loaded with sugar, like something like 70 to 60 grams of sugar in one drink. You are consuming a week and a half worth of sugar with one Mountain Dew drink. Saw some documentary a long time ago. I don't know if it was What the Health or I don't know what it was, but this kid was drinking Mountain Dew and he was in like a southern area of the United States. This kid was downing Mountain Dew and a dentist went to him because he didn't have a plan. He didn't have coverage. So this was an area down south in the United States, obviously in an area which was, you know, poverty stricken. And, uh, and you're going to hear me say that a lot because unfortunately the unhealthier stuff is in those areas for reasons unknown. But the documentary had a dentist go to this kid who drank Mountain Dew every single day in a uh, southern part of the United States. He told the dentist that he drank Mountain Dew pretty much every day, twice a day, three times a day, whatever the case. This kid's teeth were gone. It was like yellow teeth, half teeth, gums. And this dentist had to work on this kid. And it was so bad that he said he'd have to come back in order to, I guess, put veneers on the kid because he was his teeth were so shot that he couldn't do everything in one shot there um, on this trip to actually help this kid. And that's all from, you know, the kid drinking Mountain Dew every day. But Mountain Dew is like the antichrist of sodas. Okay. Now, Skittles. Skittles, it it actually just came out not too long ago that Skittles is like very unhealthy. There was was like a news article out a couple weeks ago about Skittles, you know, being unhealthy. But Skittles, besides from the news article that came out a couple of weeks ago, Skittles has been banned in parts of Europe for like years. So it's not just old news. It's news that people knew about but still has it on the shelf. Skittles, which they are sold in the U.S. and banned in other parts of the country overseas contains yellow five and six that is the dyes that make the color of the candy the red the yellow those dyes have tons of chemicals on it in it that are not great for humans cause a boatload of illnesses in the future and can be used in other items that are not food sources there's certain breads Some bread items like Jimmy Dean's turkey sausage, egg, and cheese on a honey wheat flatbed, uh, flatbread, are not good. Um, Some of the chemicals used in that bread, the Jimmy Dean's bread, and even Subway's bread, because Subway's was accused of this, some of these chemicals are used to make yoga mats. In places like Singapore, Australia, and other places around the world, if you are caught using these ingredients, these this bread that's in Jimmy Dean's and Subway's bread, if you're caught in other places using, and I believe Singapore, this is the, the fine, if you're caught in Singapore using those ingredients in that bread, or in general, you're hit with a hefty fine somewhere between the range of $350,000 to $450,000 and that's Singapore and other parts of the world. Singapore will hit you with that fine for sure. Some chicken, beef, and pork is pro is not allowed overseas. You cannot get United States pork, beef, and chicken 
overseas because we are using probiotics and other items on like like literally read that they bleach and put chlorine or different types of chemicals on the chicken on the pork on the beef we're eating it here and they won't allow it over there which should be very concerning to a lot of Americans why on the other side of the pond in Europe they're not letting them the people there eat our meat that's insane okay fast food places McDonald's Burger King um, Wendy's White Castle all these places are using types of chemicals to preserve the meat now there was this uh, study with McDonald's that they kept a Big Mac or a double cheeseburger in some room or in a box for like a year and when a year passed by the the sandwich was unscathed they look like you can just eat it right there I believe it because the amount of chemicals in fast food places it's there's there's a reason for it they have to the product has to be a certain way it has to be preserved and have to get that food out and people go and buy it now I'm not gonna lie to you I love McDonald's that is one of my favorite fast food fast food places but I don't eat McDonald's on a regular basis it was one point in my life when I was heavy into bodybuilding I'd watch what I ate all week, and my cheat day would be a McDonald's meal. Um, probably not the best course of action for a cheat day, but at that point, I was in McDonald's probably at least like twice a month. I rarely eat McDonald's now. It has to be like an extreme event where I'm starving, that's all that's around, or I have a craving for it. Um, less two months ago, or a month and a half ago, was the last time I had McDonald's, and it was because my birthday, I wanted McDonald's. So my birthday was in December. I went to McDonald's and got myself McDonald's for my birthday. And before that was was months before that. Fast food places attract people by their color. Outside of McDonald's, it's like there's certain colors that initiate the human brain. Like, oh, I'm going to get that. And not only that, the chemicals are not only used for preserving the meat and making the, the meat taste a certain way. You ever pass by a McDonald's and smell how good it smells? That it's all part of this plot to get you in there. The colors on the storefront, on the uh, on the building, the chemicals on the meat to make it taste a certain way to preserve it. And when they're cooking it, you smell it outside and you just get that whiff and you're like, you know what? I'm going to go in there and have a Big Mac. They are super unhealthy for you. It's best to steer clear of them. I know people that don't eat fast food at all. And some people, they just... It's like a, it's a delicacy. I'm going to have McDonald's once in a blue and that's fine because everything in moderation I believe in. Um, the, he- the healthiest fast food place that you can go to, believe it or not, and I, I actually Googled this, is Chipotle. Because I believe Chipotle uses, um, you know, real chicken, real beef, real rice, real beans, um, bread that's not yoga, yoga mat ingredients in it and... It's rated the top healthiest place. Subway's not even on that list like that because Subway's bread, they had to change it because they got caught out there. So I'm sure they did change their bread ingredients, but I wouldn't go to Subway's because if you've seen them make a sandwich in Subway's, it's disgraceful. It's like all bread, no meat. You have to ask for double meat. And when you ask for double meat, there's still no meat on it. And it's like $3 extra, which is ridiculous. If you're going to go to a sandwich place and not a healthy one, Blimpies would be the way to go in my opinion. Um... You talk about these fast food places making you sick, areas that are less fortunate having the most unhealthy options readily available and the healthy options not. And then you get into what these food, what these foods, the outcome to your body, what happens. And the outcome is you're going to get obese. 
you're going to have high cholesterol, your triglyceride levels are going to be through the roof, and you can get diabetes, which leads me to when you get diabetes and you end up, you know, diet, you, you have diabetes, whether what number it may be, the cost for insulin is like $98. Like you have to spend money and you have to have coverage to get this. And other items, which I'm not going to get into here, are for free because it's so healthy for you to take. Um, wink, wink. But items that people need because they have illnesses like diabetes and other things, it's a high cost to take, to get, to help yourself. Meanwhile, the reason you have diabetes is not just your own fault for indulging too much in things you shouldn't be having, but it's so readily available everywhere you look and go. It's insane. It's like they're purposely doing it. Now, I'm not saying it, it is a belief, it is a conspiracy that they purposely put these fast food joints and unhealthy items in poverty-stricken areas and less fortunate areas because they want to do away with that population. It's been said, it's been a conspiracy. But it's not just those areas. As a whole, the United States is very unhealthy. I already said, the United States, the nation is at 41.9% of adults being obese. That is an astronomical number. Other countries laugh at us. I believe in parts of Italy, they follow a Mediterranean diet. They're healthy. Their life expectancy is longer. It includes Japan, which they're over there. They're cooking very healthy, a lot of fish. Any place that has a lot of fish in their diet, real fish, not no tilapia, not no science-grown stuff, the, the mortality rate is lower. The United States is on a crash course to being one of the most unhealthiest nations and keeping that championship belt for the foreseeable future. Just for the sure fact that we don't have healthy options. Now, I can get into a story real quick. I had went vegan for a year and change. I did it for a test that I was taking. Ended up doing it for a month. Passing the test. Dropped a lot of weight within a month. Really trained hard at the gym. Was waking up at 4.30 in the morning, getting to the gym, so on and so forth. One of my friends who's still currently vegan said the, the best way to lower your cholesterol and drop weight would be to give up meats and cheeses and dairies and all that stuff because you will lower your cholesterol and with lower cholesterol, you'll be able to lose the weight faster. I did it. Um, I passed the test that I was training for and switched over from a diet to a vegan diet. And I enjoyed the results so much and was people were actually telling me, hey, you, you look good, whatever, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. With the combination of passing the test and getting you know my head blown up by people telling me I looked good, I continued to do the vegan diet. Fast forward to a year and change, when I got blood work done, my iron was crazy low, and I had to switch back to you know eating meat and certain things. Now, what I'm trying to make the point of this is, I thought I was eating healthy because I took out meats and dairy, things that are filled with chemicals from the government and farms they're coming from and also meat is notorious for causing inflammation in your body which is what I wanted to get away from to pass this physical test I had to take. I started looking after I went away from the vegan diet on how much is you know how 
unhealthy certain things were because I would make just straight vegetables and, you know, saute them and just eat veggies. But I was, you know, a sucker for types of burgers they would sell, you know, the chicken, but not chicken, you know, orange chicken I was buying from Trader Joe's, which wasn't really chicken and the Beyond Burgers and the, um, the other brand, the Impossible Burger, I was eating them and they are filled filled with boatloads of things they like for instance here i actually have a beef burger grass-fed beef a bean burger black beans quinoa onion flaxseed um onion flaxseed olive oil and sea salt and in a beyond burger it's pea protein isolate canola oil coconut oil water yeast extract um maldedextrin natural flavors, gum arabic, sunflower oil, salt sucan acid, acetic acid, non-GMO modified food storage, cellulose from bamboo, cellulose from bamboo, and a whole bunch of other things, which seven more items on there that I actually can't even pronounce. And this was from a vegan burger made for people that are vegan or plant-based. And I was eating that um, probably twice a week thinking that that was a healthier option because I was vegan and essentially it wasn't. Sorry for the vegans out there. I'm actually kind of partially agreeing with you. A vegan diet is good in short term. Some people cannot do it long term. I'm not going to knock it because it did help me substantially. It took away from inflammation. It took away a lot of things. I was actually healthy. My face cleared up. My hair was my hair was thicker and better. I was able to be more cardio. Um, in, I had cardiovascular um you know, strength. I was able to hike for seven miles and do certain things. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it was not the healthiest thing. Um, and I apologize for the siren in the background, man cave. And um, there's, you know, there's, I can't get the, the noise from stopping. So just apologize if you hear the car in the background or the sirens, something must be going on. But anyways, um, the vegan diet for me, it worked and I had to give it up because it ended up being unhealthy for me. So, the things that were in the food weren't good. The, the vegan ingredient, the ingredients in vegan foods is not good. Um, if you're doing the vegan diet and you're going to do it like to the T, you have to legitimately take out all these burgers and items they made to taste like real meat and just eat vegetables, like literally nuts, literally flaxseed, literally oatmeal. Um, vegetables, kale, broccoli, carrots, tomatoes, uh, avocados, um, spinach, peas, snow peas, things like that. Just that, literally just that. Because if you start indulging on a weekly basis in the stuff they made to taste like regular meat, you are really screwing yourself because there's so much shit in it. And my parents actually warned me and I didn't listen to them until I was done with it because my iron was so low and it wasn't going up via pills that I was taking to supplement. And... I looked at it, I was like, holy shit, like, you know, they were right. You got to watch what's in the food. And for some reason, in areas of less fortunate, poverty stricken areas, areas of the South Bronx, the study from New Haven, Connecticut, by scientists, they're literally forcing this food out there. And because these people don't have a lot of money in those areas, are just buying the junk food and literally poisoning themselves. Now, what I did in this episode, it's been, this is my 88th episode. In 88 episodes, my wife has not indulged in my podcast because she does not like anything scary. However, 
my wife is a very intelligent woman and has degrees and a lot of vast knowledge in health and biology and other things. So I asked her that I'm doing an episode where I'll be talking about food and some of the nasty things that are in it. And she agreed to come on. So I'm going to take a moment of pause, just a little pause. And we're going to go into the interview I had with her to explain more things in detail because she's a hell of a lot smarter than me. So I have here with me my wife, the first time in 88 episodes that she's on the Say What Again Billy podcast. And the reason for that is she's not really fond of the whole paranormal ghost and cryptid thing, but this is an episode that she can actually take interest in and help out with, and that's why I asked her to do an interview for the podcast. So Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Okay, so to start off, why don't you just go over some of your degrees and your interest in this particular subject that we're talking about today? Well, I have a degree in biology, but I also have another medical degree as a surgical technologist, and I was a former personal trainer, so I'm really into health and being a mother. I want to make sure that my daughter and my family are getting the best nutrients that they can. So this episode is about how potentially the government is keeping us sick and there are a lot of things in food in the United States that are not in foods overseas and we're seeing an increase in diabetes, heart attacks and a lot of things like that. So uh, to your knowledge, why are we seeing a lot of the things we're seeing? Why are chemicals and certain ingredients in the foods in the United States and then overseas it's totally not allowed? Well, a lot of it comes down to profit, as most things do come in, you know, as far as profit is concerned. So. So it comes down to profit. Now, do you believe that, this is my theory, a lot of this stuff is purposely added to the foods to potentially get us sick, knowing it's going to happen, and then the influx of people come to the doctor where the doctor diagnoses them with diabetes, heart condition, high cholesterol, essentially forcing people to take medication, which is obviously a money-making scheme. I mean, I think it's evolved into that, uh, but I don't think that it originally started that way. Um, As you know, over the last few decades, uh, farming has become a lot more commercialized. And I think initially what they really wanted to do was to find ways to preserve shelf life so we didn't have so much waste. Um, And I think it kind of started there. And then as opportunity presented itself, I think that the chemical companies and the pesticide companies and the government and uh, pharmaceutical, of course, wanted to uh, jump on the bandwagon. And that's where we see a lot of farms these days um, are forced almost to use uh, genetically modified seeds and use certain chemicals on their crops and they're owned by people um you know in high places and 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 that don't have their best intentions as far as them as a personal company and us as a consumer they're really just focused on 
purely making money and profit. In some of the food, and I've already said this on my podcast, but um, to your knowledge, some of the chemicals that are in our food, and we um, we know McDonald's is not a healthy choice for a fast food. Once in a while, people indulge. There are people that indulge in McDonald's probably once or twice a week per week as healthier people tend to stray, uh, stay away from it or have it as a, you know, a delicacy, a treat once in a blue. But can you just go over, to your knowledge, some of the chemicals in fast food, some of the chemicals in foods that we find in supermarkets and um, ingredients that are not allowed overseas that are found predominantly in stuff in the United States? Well, I don't think places like McDonald's really are our biggest threat because most of the population realize how horrible the food is. I mean, it's kind of well-known knowledge. Some people choose not to care, but we do know that it's low-grade quality meat and that that sort of a thing. That That's really not our biggest threat. What our biggest threat is marketing and the legislation that is used throughout the United States and other countries as well um, that allow certain things and certain foods and chemicals to be labeled as naturally flavored or, um, you know, heart healthy or, you know, organic even. Because even organic food, they're allowed to have a certain amount of chemicals in their crops and and things such as that. Um, But... uh, as far as the agriculture chemical companies are concerned, that's where we have an issue. So, you know, all of these agricultural chemical companies are descendants of companies that specialized in biological weapons. So, for instance, um, IG Farben, Bayer, DuPont, Monsanto, etc. Uh, and you can look this all up um in the Vietnam War, Agent Orange, Napalm, uh, they were all created by these companies making pesticides today for our food that we consume. Um, they actually hired a man named Tyrone Hayes to study the effects of their chemical atrazine. So that's A-T-R-A-Z-I-N-E. Um, his scientific discoveries determined that it reversed the gender of frogs. Complete endocrine system damage, very harmful effects on the digestive system and the gut bacteria, which is super important, um, brain function and cognitive impairment. When he revealed his findings and and blew the whistle, instead of doing the right thing, um, they discredited him. They discredited him. Um, He broke his non-disclosure agreement. He went public and he warned everyone in the public that this was very toxic. And they went as far as they tried to go after his family, his wife, and dig up any dirt on him. Um, They were so corrupt and in bed with the mainstream media and politics, or I should say they they are. Uh, So it's really, really hard to get the truth these days because it seems that the major corporations and companies uh, all kind of have a hand in in everything. Um, so atrazine itself, it's, it's, it's in almost all commercial agriculture when it comes to our greens especially. So you think you're going to the supermarket and you're buying lettuce and kale and cabbage and apples. And these things, atrazine specifically and other major chemicals are sprayed onto our food. So that's why it is really important to wash your food and it's also important to know where your food comes from. Um, and really, this it's, it's almost like there's nothing, there's no safe 
food supply for us uh, almost in this day and age. I mean, Bill Gates just brought up a majority of all the farms. And what does he have to do with agriculture and farming? He knows nothing about any of that. And, and it's just, you know, it really makes you wonder. But as far as the atrazine, again, you know, it causes men to have lower testosterone levels. Women hormones can be completely altered, you know, and if you alter the hormones, you, you alter the overall function. I mean, there, there's other things too, not just the pesticides that we have to worry about. We have to worry about the GMO. So like glucose and fructose and cornstarch. And when you hear genetically modified, it does not mean that it's modified to benefit us in any way. Of course not. Why would they do that? It means that it has been modified to be able to hold certain pesticides within the seed um, that make it grow up and, and, and the gene of the crop or by removing a gene necessary for a natural biological process uh, so that it doesn't rot as fast or break down properly, you know, to, for, for longer shelf life. And that might seem like a good idea, but what's the overall effect on our body? What's it doing within our body? Um, you know, even the uh, seedless fruit. They, you know, I've, I've been to the supermarket where I've seen organic seedless fruit. There's nothing organic about that. How could you have a fruit that naturally produces seeds, like you've genetically modified it so that it's not producing seeds? And seeds are sometimes, they are actually the most uh, vitamin-rich part of any fruit or vegetable that we have. Um, what else? I mean, there's so many other things. The, the, the gimmick of natural flavoring. You know, that's anything but natural flavoring. It's one of the biggest lies. Tons of chem chemicals and additives you can add up to. A hundred chemicals, you could still call it natural, and it's very addicting as well. So how they do that is if you had, say, just a peanut or just an orange, you know, the scientists can take a little portion of that and then, then add up to 100 chemicals to that little portion, and it can still be considered as a natural flavoring. Um, so these are other ways that they can get you to consume these harsh chemicals. Um, anything with BHT or BHA, it's a, a food preservative, and food preservatives made from petroleum. So petroleum that we're putting into our bodies. Fruity pebbles and many other cereals, especially from post. Um, you know, if it, if it says, uh, you know, heart healthy on it just because it has a green they're able to slap on the heart healthy so you think that you're buying something that's better for you and and it has all these chemicals made of petroleum nonetheless um another one of the biggest things too is uh the food colorings so you have red 40 blue one yellow five caramel coloring which is a known carcinogen you know they're banned in many other countries like the uk you can't you cannot put any red 40, blue 1, yellow 5, caramel car, uh, coloring. You can't even put corn, uh, corn syrup and high fructose corn syrup um, in your foods. And so why is it banned there and it's not banned here? And the, the funniest part about it all, which is not funny, is that the same products that are being sold here are being sold there, but the companies modify their ingredients to make better ingredients in, in the product. So for instance, um, what, what is it? Uh, the ketchup, Heinz ketchup. Heinz ketchup, Heinz ketchup has the uh, corn syrup and high fructose corn syrup here. But if you go uh, you know, to a supermarket over in the UK, Heinz ketchup has to use natural cane sugar. You know? um, and there, there, there's, there's many, many, many different examples. I mean, do you have anything else specific about that? No, I think that's that's very in-depth what you just said right there 
So in a nutshell, government and corporations are in big cahoots on getting this product or products out there and not really essentially caring what's in them. They slap a label on that says heart healthy or vegan or this and that and claiming the product is healthy for you but hidden in the ingredients if you don't take a dabble and turn the bottle or bag around and read through it you are not really knowing what's in there you're just looking at the label it says healthy and essentially it's really not healthy so I just wanted to add uh, more on the food coloring and why it's actually bad for you. So not only is it in pretty much anything you turn over, if you go into the supermarket in the U.S. and you look at a bag of chips or you look at uh, frosting, cereal, vitamins, uh, soda we know, Gatorade we know, but our cough syrup that we're giving our children, uh, they have these food colorings, these artificial food colorings in them. Um, and... Uh, you know, it's scientifically linked to hyperactivity in children, obesity, cancer, and other illnesses. I just don't understand how we allow this to go into our food supply. Um, they're so dangerous because, you know, they, um, you know, they, 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 they are derived from things like coal tar, you know, the same thing that they use in steel and concrete floors, and, and we're putting them into our, our children, especially. We're, we're putting into their diet. So like the colorful frosting or a colorful cake or, you know, cereal and all these other things. I'm, I mean, they're, they're even found, this, the same chemicals even found in certain chemical shampoos to kill head lice. I mean, that, that, that's just, it's just outrageous to me how, how more people aren't fighting to have these things taken out of our food. And also rice, like you think that you're, you're buying something healthy for your family or you want to make a little side of rice. I mean, the amount of arsenic that's found in rice, the heavy, it's a heavy metal, you know, it's in a majority of our rice supply. And, and, you know, we we just don't know what these long-term effects are, but we are seeing them, but nobody is talking about them. So we're seeing such an uptick in, in diabetes and we're an uptick in cancer and all these other ailments that these autoimmune disorders, like we never had these things a hundred years ago. Uh, but now it's been a few generations that we've started to have these over-processed and chemical-filled foods generation after generation. So what is that doing to us genetically? Um, I don't think the answer is good. So... Yeah, there's definitely a lot of things going on here. I, if in many episodes, I talk about population control, new world order, and regimes, like, regimes like that. And I feel that this is one of their ways in doing it. Of course, there's other ways that we won't get into now because we're running low on time. But I strongly believe that they do it purposely and they do it willingly and they know what they're doing. I remember a diet product called HydroxyCut that was probably out, I'd say, give or take, 22 years ago, maybe a little bit more. And it had a, I think, um, ephedra in it, which when people were taking HydroxyCut, there was a study that was done where majority of people, I would say a good 50 to 60% of people, were losing weight. It was helping their metabolism speed up. And of course, added with a good diet. And then quickly after the results started coming out, FDA went right into the hydroxy cut and says, we're taking it, we're taking the ephedra out. And 
I've talked to a lot of friends that are in the bodybuilding world and in the gyms, and they, they believe that it was working too good because of the fact that the ephedra was helping the people that wanted to lose weight, the obese people, the overweight people lose the weight. And of course, if you take away the obesity problem in the United States, you're basically tapping into the funds of the medication and going against what they, you know, we don't can't say that they have a plot, but going against their plot. So, um, you know, and also that, and this was on an episode of the big, big tobacco mafia that I did a couple episodes ago. Um, some doctors in the fifties were promoting smoking and, you know, we see the results of smoking now. And that was mentioned on my episode, big, big tobacco mafia, where, you know, it just feels like they went after the vaping, which essentially a lot of people can agree to disagree is, is a healthier alternative. I know a lot of smokers that went to vaping and when the vaping became a thing, they went after it so hard to take away from the flavors and everything like that. But yet cigarettes are still out there. Yes, they tax it high, but you know, they went after vaping within a matter of two years to, you know, cut it down where it's almost impossible to get flavors and, and impossible for companies like Juul to make products like that. But yet cigarettes, alcohol, and everything in our foods that we just talked about is still out there. So I want to thank you for being on the podcast finally and, and hopefully later on you can give it a listen. So thank you, Amy. This is my wife, Amy, um, helping me out with this episode. Thank you for having me. So I hope you enjoyed that little segment with my wife. She was a big help. She's very knowledgeable in the health field. And she takes it upon herself randomly to go on online and do research. Do research in anything that comes out on the news, which I've said before that you should always be in the middle. And if you hear a report from the media, which isn't really honest because the media actually contributes to people becoming unhealthy. We've heard that Many years ago, the food pyramid was supposed to be a certain way. And now, in the recent months, really, via people like Joe Rogan and certain media outlets, the food pyramid should be 100% flipped around and you should be eating a lot more meats instead of eating the breads, which once upon a time was at the, was at the very bottom and you work your way up to what you can't have. So the food pyramid should be flipped around. And she does these studies because you should do the studies yourself to actually see what's going on. Again, stay in the middle, you hear a report, whether it's from the left or the right, and you do your own research in depth. Go to many pages, go online, go to Google, go on every single thread and do your own research and formulate. Because at the end of the day, there's this ongoing conspiracy about the New World Order and you know population control. And I'm going to save the COVID talk with the vaccine for a completely different episode where I'm going to go on a tangent, which I did not too long ago on, on an episode of Free Talk Paranormal 3, but that's going to be separate. But there's this theory about population control, and the most accurate conclusion that can be brought to that conspiracy theory is they are, in fact, keeping us sick. Medication is expensive. If you don't have coverage, you're screwed. Chemotherapy is one of the ways hospitals and people in the government and in, in the medical field, big pharma, make their money. And there are ingredients in food and in what we drink that are potentially causing the cancer to happen. A big money-making scheme where they're giving us the food and drinks, we are consuming it, and we are getting sick. 
we are going to them to treat us and they are getting profit from it. They're literally getting profit from making us sick. It's insane. Okay. There's actually tobacco companies that are in cahoots with food. There's tobacco companies literally releasing food products. You know, that's insane. And tobacco is not healthy, which if you want to go back to what I said on the interview with my wife, Amy, um, Big Tobacco Mafia, you should give that that episode a, a listen. But essentially, they're making us sick. And the sickness that they're causing in us, if we choose to keep on just eating anything, the sickness they're causing is giving them a profit. Because essentially, we have to go to the hospitals and that money is flowing from us becoming sick from what we are consuming by the government. The FDA cannot be trusted. Long story short, there was a story of someone that found uh, cures of cancer via apricots, and they quickly did away with that. They take away things. You heard me talking about the hydroxy cut, and they took out ephedra because it was working too much. It was actually making people lose weight, and that's a big no-no because they want to keep us obese. So, do your research. That's the best way that I can come to a conclusion of this episode is if you really want to get in-depth about what you're consuming, there's tons of YouTube videos out there where you can watch and people, one gentleman goes into Walmart and goes through all the products in Walmart, it tells you your healthy option and he, then he goes to the options that are deemed healthy and then turns the bag or bottle over and reads the ingredients and he points out what's not good in there, yet it was deemed healthy but it's not and then he gives you the healthy option. You just tons of YouTube videos like that, I suggest you going on YouTube, watching those videos and really doing your own research but you know, at the end of the day, be careful because they are keeping us sick. Do your research. Watch what you eat. You can have a McDonald's burger here and there. You know, things in moderation are good, but just be very cautious and do your research. Best way to formulate knowledge in one's own brain is to read and do your own research. So I hope you enjoyed this non-paranormal health episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. I'd like to thank my wife Amy for giving me some of her time to be on the episode finally. And I also like to thank the Anchor app by Spotify for giving me the opportunity to talk health with everyone, all my listeners. Anchor by Spotify is the free app that allows you to get your podcasting ideas out there. And the best thing about Anchor, it is entirely free. So if you have a podcast idea and you have no way of getting it out there, download the Anchor app and figure out how to get your podcasting idea out there using Anchor. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast.